All right, looks like we are good to go. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to Reach Online Church, along with the Reach and Teach podcast, all tied to the JAL ministry. It is me, Victoria Baxter. I'm the founding teacher here behind this online ministry. Um, you can learn more at www.thejalministry.com. Um, of course, I'd like to start off by saying Happy New Year. Happy we've made it to 2021. This is now the first Sunday of the year, and I'm just believing God for some big things and some new things. Um, and I'm going to be talking about all things new tomorrow uh, for the podcast for Mountain Moving Monday. So make sure you're um, tuned in or subscribe. Of course, I'll share the link here on the page and in the group as well to ensure that you all do not miss out. All right. There's one particular scripture um, in my recent reading that I came across, and it did something to me, you know, to the point that it literally had me making a note that simply said heart reactions. And it was Luke 24, 32 that I want to share with you. Um, and of course, since I'm, you know, going live right now for this, there's going to be no scriptures or anything there at the bottom. But go to Luke 24, 32, if you will, if you want to. Um, and what it says is they asked each other, were not, uh, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? I love that it says like after the fact, like after everything was already said and done, first of all, that's when they were realizing, okay, something was different inside of us. Our hearts did something. Our hearts reacted a certain way, you know, to his presence and to the words that he was speaking at that point. And I read that and it was just kind of like, wow, because of course, like we, we, a lot of us were familiar with the story here in Luke 24. And I'm going to talk about it a little bit more um, in a few moments, but a lot of it, like we've read it before, but it seems like even when I read that passage and I especially come across that scripture there, it's like, it does something to my heart as well. And that's what I love about it. So I want to talk about this a little bit um, as we, again, get ready to start a new series that I'm going to give you more information about just as soon as I say this prayer uh, so that we continue on in um, in this word that the Holy Spirit has given me and so we can kind of dive into God's word together, all right? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I would like to say thank you first and foremost. Thank you for allowing us to live to see another day, another week, and another year, Lord God. We know that 2020, many people experienced many different trials, and of course, there were lives lost, and some of us, you know, we had to even unfortunately bury family members and bury friends. Not everyone was able to make it to 2021, and I know that some of us, maybe not, uh, maybe perhaps we did not come into this uh, year the way that we had desired or the way that we saw fit but we know of course at the end of the day you are still God you are so still sovereign you reign Lord God so we are just thankful yet and still and I pray that you would just renew our minds open up our eyes help us to see the gifts and the beauty and the glory of everything um, that is pretty much just surrounding us at this point that's in our lives and in our face Lord, of course, I have my notes here as I want to deliver this message uh, the way that I received it from you. But of course, decrease me and increase you, Lord God. This is about you and your glory. And I just pray that you would be here with me over the next few moments as I reach and teach your children. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Outside of that passage that I just read here, here's another scripture that I, I love. Um, Y'all know I say that about everything, right? It's always something that I love. Uh, Proverbs 4.23 has always been a verse um, that just speaks to me for many different reasons. And I've used it in, you know, several different things that I have uh, 
done in several different things that I've taught. In Proverbs 4.23, what it says is, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it, all right? We know what a heart is. Like we use, you know, heart for many different things, of course, and it's something that can uh, represent and signify love. But when you think about it in full context, and especially, you know, from the Greek and the Hebrew context at this point, and when we think about this scripture, Proverbs 4.23 in particular, the heart is a word that in full context, it includes mind, emotions, and will. It includes mind, emotions, and it includes will. Um, you know, of course, I have this online ministry, um, you know, the ministry in general. And of course, I also have Saved and Single. I have a single women's ministry. Then, of course, you know, I have New Thing Life Coaching. I have my coaching business for single Christian women. And sometime last year, if I'm not mistaken, I did the heart exam series all based off of Proverbs 4.23. And just realizing that sometimes if we are acting in a certain way or speaking in a certain way or saying certain things, desiring certain things, it's all tied to our heart at the end of the day. And I'm gonna be looking at that, you know, here in this heart reaction series um, over the next several weeks. I'm not sure exactly how long this series is going to last as far as Reach Online Church is concerned, but just being mindful that it's our, it's the condition of our heart that determines everything that we say, everything that we do, like all of those things are tied to it. So when it tells us here that we need to guard our hearts because everything uh, flows from it, it's just that. Like the condition of our heart, it dictates what we say, it dictates what we see, and it also dictates what we do. Now, going back to, you know, of course, Luke 24, I only read verse 32, but when you actually start, I want to say it's verse uh, 13 in Luke 24. It's uh, 24 all the way, or I'm sorry, 13 all the way down to 35 is where you see this particular passage. And of course, it's, you know, on the road to Emmaus or the walk uh, on the Emmaus road in Luke 24. So what we have is two followers here at this point that were initially unnamed. And they were, you know, of course, going towards Emmaus. And Emmaus is um, about seven miles, it was determined, from Jerusalem. So here it is. This is the day after the resurrection that these two disciples are taking this walk. Now, when you read the first part of Luke 24, of course, what we know had already kind of taken place was this was all shortly after Mary and the other women had found the empty tomb. So Jesus had already risen. Now, these two disciples, they're walking down the road and they're talking about Jesus. And then, boom, out of nowhere, Jesus himself himself appears. However, they didn't know that they were talking to Jesus. They didn't know that they were in his presence. They didn't realize that they were talking to Jesus about Jesus. Like they were telling Jesus like what had happened. And they're like, you know, have you been living under a rock? Like, how do you not know what actually, you know, has gone on here in this town? But again, they had no idea. Why? Verse 16, it says they were kept from recognizing him. So they were talking to Jesus. They were in the presence of Jesus himself, but they were kept from recognizing him. And I love that we can apply that like even in general to so many different things that sometimes Jesus will stop us from knowing certain things. Sometimes there are things that God will keep us in the dark until the right time. And a lot of times just listening watching, waiting, 
to see how we are going to react, how we are going to respond, to see how we are going to, you know, determine certain things here, you know, in, in that moment. So here these disciples, they had an encounter. I'm always talking about having an encounter with God or that one true encounter or that first encounter. It's something that's really just unexplainable when you actually have it. Many of us have had that encounter, you know, with Christ, whether it was our first time, maybe, you know, even becoming a Christian or truly experiencing God, having that God moment, having that, you know, that connection, you know, something that perhaps left us speechless, maybe that actually took place. Maybe it wasn't, you know, it's not one particular thing. Some of us, we've had several different encounters where we could just, you know, we could feel him, we could feel his presence as something that we were not expecting at all to even happen. And it's like when it takes place, maybe initially you might be, you know, sad or a little bit, you know, disturbed prior to what was going on. Of course, sometimes we're shocked. A lot of times it might have us in disbelief. You know, all of these different things can end up taking place when that encounter happens. But when it took place, I'm sure we can all relate that it did something to us internally, which is how we knew it was divine. It's like the way that we felt, it was like, okay, that was God. I know that was God. I knew how I felt before. I know the way that I felt in the midst of it. That was nothing but God. It makes me think of Jacob, you know, back in Genesis, of course, when he had that dream, when he, you know, was resting his head on the rock, he had that dream. And of course, you know, when he woke up, he was like, surely the presence of the Lord was in this place. Even again with Jacob, you know, of course, when he was wrestling with God, when he had that moment where he was like, you know, I will not let you go until you bless me. And it's like in the middle of the road, tussling with the angel of the Lord. And it's like, of course, you know, I don't know if you've ever been in a fight before. Maybe I have, maybe I haven't. But it's like sometimes, you know, we might actually be in that physical fight and you feel a little bit of um, all kinds of different emotions that we actually experience. But in the end, there's victory. And that's even what happened with Jacob. I can only imagine all the different emotions that were going on. It's like, first of all, you're just walking down the road. Then it's like, boom, out of nowhere, like you're you're getting into a fight with someone. You're telling them like, hey, like what's going on? Or they're telling you, you know, hey, let go of me. But I'm assuming because of that, that, you know, maybe it was Jacob winning. I don't know, because the man was just like, hey, let me go. And Jacob was like, no, I will not let you go until you bless me. So no, if you're going to decide to bless me, like then I'll let you go. So all of those different emotions that were probably happening here with the disciples on the Emmaus road, they had an encounter. They had an encounter. And a lot of times during that type of encounter with God, it's like we'll kind of go through three different things. Um, it's like before an encounter, there might be some type of sadness, you know, or some type of negative emotion that is actually being felt and experienced just like them. Verse 17, it says, he asked them, you know, what are you discussing as you actually go? I'm sorry, let's go back even before verse 17. They were um, talking with each other about everything that had transpired. And Jesus had realized that they were a little bit sad based off of it. So now in verse 17, you know, what are you discussing together as you walk alone? And they stood still and it says their face were, their faces were downcast. Some says their faces, you know, expressed deep sadness or, you know, great anguish. So it's like, there's a sadness. There's something that's going on before you even have that encounter. You know, I love, um, 
sorry, this was just random, I know, but Psalm 34, 18. And it says that he is close to the brokenhearted and those who are crushed in spirit. And I feel like that scripture, it goes perfectly um, even with, you know, this whole scenario. And of course, what I'm even talking about right now, because a lot of times it's in those moments that there's that sadness, there's that, you know, you're downcast, you know, there's that anguish. And he is close to those who are brokenhearted. He is close to those who are crushed in spirit. So before there's the sadness and then you feel a little bit alone and not even realizing that in that moment, you're about to have an encounter with God. There's going to be something you are going to end up experiencing. Now, during an encounter, there's disbelief. Look at verse 18. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened, you know, um, in these days? So there was kind of like shock, like, okay, like, are, are you saying, like, do you not know exactly like, what's going on? Like, what, what's the problem? So there's going to be a little bit of disbelief, whether it has something to do with you, whether it's just the situation and it's shocking. And I think they were shocked, of course, at the way that Jesus was reacting, but shocked in general, because for them, it was like, like, look, we, the Messiah, we, we thought the Messiah was coming. We thought this was going to happen, like all of these different things. And it's like, boom, out of nowhere, like all of this takes place. And again, they're rattling all of these things off to Jesus still in shock, still in disbelief, still shocked that maybe somebody else is like, where were you under, like, how did you not know what was going on? So before an encounter, during an encounter, after an encounter, after one, there is always amazement. There is always that amazement again, like a Jacob moment. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. Look at Luke 24, 32, the same verse that I started off with. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? There's that amazement where it's like, we just had an encounter with the Lord himself. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. After an encounter, your heart reacts. Your heart reacts in a certain way. Again, you feel it, you experience it. And of course we know, you know, love, comes from the heart. So now you are going to love differently. And again, remember, as I said earlier, the heart is that word that it, it, it really it includes mind, emotions, and will. So now that your heart has actually reacted, your heart has transformed some, you are going to love a little bit differently. So that's what this message is today. It's a different love. Again, Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart for every single thing you do flows from it. And what happens inside of our heart, anytime like there's something that's about to take place, a decision is going to be made internally. Something happens internally and inwardly, but it shows forth in our outer actions. So again, this is why we need to be cautious when it comes to our heart, what we allow, you know, to come into our mind, our spirits, our all of those different things. We must guard it because all decisions made are based on the condition of our heart, right? Last month in the series uh, for the Bible study series that we were doing, um, you know, on the podcast and things like that, it was uh, the gift that keeps on giving. And of course, you know, I was talking about how 
Jesus gave the Holy Spirit, you know, Jesus was like, hey, like, I'm going to leave with you an advocate. Like, he is going to, you know, be there. He's going to comfort you all that are the good stuff. So, of course, you know, we looked at that all last month. Like, the Holy Spirit was the focus because it was like the gift that keeps on giving and spiritual gifts talking about that. I love John 14, 15, before, you know, he even gets to uh, verse 16, where he's like, hey, I'm going to leave you an advocate. John 14, 15, Jesus says, if you love me, then obey my commandments. If you love me, obey my, he says, if you love me, obey. So it's easy for us to say, oh, I love God or God is the, you know, the head of my life and I love the Lord and, you know, we'll profess it. Does our heart truly reflect that? Does our heart indicate that we have a strong love for God, that we've had that encounter with him that has changed us inwardly? If you love me, obey my commands. And some manuscripts even say, you know, you should obey or it says you will obey if you love me. And even as I was in Psalm 119, which a lot of us are already well aware of the fact that it is the longest, <laughs> the longest chapter in the entire Bible, we see many different um, results of obedience and ways of living, you know, due to obedience. We see reactions and things that come about in our lifestyle based off of obedience. And of course, it's tying into John 14, 15, where it's like, hey, if you love me, obey my commands. And even as we look at some of these in Psalm 119, verse one, blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Certain transcriptions or uh, transcripts even say, uh, joyous are those who walk according to the word of God. So it's like you experience joy and you have a joyful life if you walk according to the words of the Lord. Of course, we can look at verse five. Oh, that my ways are steadfast in obeying your decrees. Verse seven, I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. Verse nine, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. It's like right there. We have the instructions, you know, for purity. And my single women's ministry, of course, you know, a lot of times it can be hard. It's like you want to honor God, of course, but it's like being single at the same time. Purity is something that many people struggle with. I feel like we don't really talk about it enough when it comes to, you know, just sex, you know, among Christians. And, uh, you know, we, of course, talk about the need to, you know, save our bodies and honor God. And how, of course, sex is for marriage. But a lot of times we're not told how to be pure, you know, or, or why to remain pure, okay, or what to do with these desires. So it's like all of these things and something like, I don't know, like, what am I supposed to do? And how? Here we see even instructions when it comes to purity. Verse 11, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. There's action that we see taking place here in, you know, in that verse. You can go through so many different things in Psalm 119. And we see all of these different things um, that in essence, and even starting off Psalm 119, it's a celebration of God's law. It's a celebration of his commands and it's rejoicing, you know, when it comes to obedience. If you love me, obey my commands. Above all else, guard your heart. Everything you do flows from your heart. 
our hearts react when we have that encounter with God. As we enter into this new year, I mean, of course, we're now officially in it, but I would challenge you to determine that you are going to love differently, that everyone around you, everyone around you, they're going to experience a different kind of love from you. I challenge you to check your obedience with many different things that you would live according to his word and according to his will. That you would predetermine, I talked about that, I think, Mountain Moving Monday last week, that you would predetermine how you're going to love, that you would predetermine, you know, how much you're going to give and how you're going to get again, giving in general, you know, whether it's love, whether it's money, whether it's, you know, time, whether it's your resources, but all of those things tied to giving are outward expressions of love. And, you know, again, Luke 6, 38, it says, give and it will be given unto you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, it will be poured into your lap. And it says the measure which you use will be measured unto you. I always say, like, you cannot outgive God. Like, the more you give, the more he is going to give to you. I don't know what it is that you need, what it is you want, what it is you desire. Give, you know, just like the widow with the oil. Keep on pouring and the oil will flow. So I would challenge you to decide you're going to love differently, that you're going to predetermine how you're going to give, how you're going to love, how you're going to obey, how you're going to allow your heart to react, how you are going to love better, you know, in the days, weeks, months, and the entire year, and just really going forward, making it a lifestyle change, making it a complete different lifestyle change. You're saying, I am going to love better. It's really just that simple. In my coaching business, you know, with New Thing Life Coaching, um, you know, I'm certified, you know, I'm a life coach, I'm a dating coach, and I'm a relationship coach. You know, it's Christian business for Christian, you know, Christian clients. Um, and, you know, of course, my title, you know, within the business, I am the new love strategist, helping people when it comes to winning at love and redefining love and figuring out what they've been, you know, maybe doing wrong, quote unquote, when it comes to love. And something that I always take joy in explaining to people really is love in general and realizing that there are so many different types of love. And then, of course, there is, um, you know, there is love versus in love and how those are two completely different things based on uh, so many different, you know, things that are tied into each one of those. And again, the different types of love. We know that there is, you know, um, even all the different the Greek words for love. I put them all in my ebook. I don't I can't think off the top of my head right now. But of course, there's, you know, actions a lot of times it's tied to love and then it's like in love is tied to feelings and real love is a combination of feelings and action. When you, you know, show and you, you do things in a healthy manner and you're again, you're, you're showing um, based on, you know, your actions and everything that you love this person. And of course, the feelings of in love, real love is a combination of love and in love. But it's keeping in mind that it's not just romance. It's not just romance, though, because there are friends, there are family, like it's so many, again, the different types of love. I know a lot of times we want to make it about romance or you got to know somebody before you love them where nowhere in the Bible does it actually say that. So how can we love better with knowing these things? I will tell you three different things on how to love better and then I'm going to stop talking and leave you alone. One, receive receive. You can't give love if you have not even yet received love. 
You cannot give love if you have not received love. You have to be transformed by experiencing his love. I don't know, maybe like, you know, them on the on the road to a maze. Have you had that true encounter with God? Have you really sat and been in his presence long enough and had that encounter where like Jacob, you can say, surely the presence of the Lord was in this place. I just had that experience. I just had that encounter. Like you have to receive it and you allow it to completely transform you. Once you receive it, you can give it. Once you receive it, you can give it. I love John 3:16. I've talked about that a lot over the past couple of weeks. You know, for God so loved the world that he sent his only son. He loved, so he gave. He loved us so much, he gave us something. So when you love others, you give. Again, Luke 6:38, like I just spoke about a couple of minutes ago, give and it will be given unto you. So receive love, be transformed by experiencing his love, and then you give love. You when you love when you love others, you give. You give them things, you gift. And again, I'm not talking like going buying presents. I'm like, you you give it. Three, rejoice. You rejoice. That's how you love. Like you just get to rejoice in his love and rejoice because you are loved. And that is already going to again cause your actions to show based on uh Proverbs 4:23. It's like, above all else, guard your heart. Everything you do flows from it. So again, you receive, then you give. Now you get to rejoice. You can be like John. I love reading the book of John because, of course, John wrote the book, but he's always, oh, the one whom Jesus loved, the disciple whom Jesus loved, talking about himself. John walked around. He knew that he was loved. He knew Jesus loved him, and he was not afraid to let that be known to other people. I dare you to be like John, to walk around knowing that you are the one whom Jesus loves. And when you feel that and when you, you know, just dwell in it, you know, just allow it to take over, it's going to change you. Your heart is going to react and you are going to love others. Dwell in God's love, you know, relish in God's love, delight in his love. I want you to have that encounter. And a lot of us, we've already had it, but sometimes we got go back to Bethel, go back to that place where we last experienced his love. And it's like, we have to remember how we felt. We have to remember what it did to us. We have to allow our hearts to react. And once we do that, then we can give a different type of love, different from everyone else, different from what you did before. You can decide I'm going to do better this year when it comes to love. I'm going to receive it. First of all, I'm going to allow myself to truly receive the love that God, because a lot of us, we walk around saying, oh, I know love God. I know God loves me. I know he does it. I know he really feel it. Really sit in it and experience his love. And once you do that, then you're going to be giving it every which way. Like I'm just, I'm just sharing the love of God, sharing the love of God. You know, I've already explained to you a lot like this ministry, the online church, it's all tied to my nonprofit organization, God is Love Incorporated. It's all about sharing the love of God. It's about allowing faith and generosity to, to be displayed through the love of God. It's sharing the love of God with other people, those who maybe were forgotten or those who typically they don't get love, you know, a lot of love from other Christians and other believers and, you know, us doing outreach in a lot of the neighborhoods that most people that most people want to drive around or drive through. No, we actually take the love of God there. 
And sometimes we have people asking, like, why do y'all do this? Why do y'all come here? What do you want? We're like, oh, just to share the love of God, because we want to make sure that you knew that Jesus loved you. And because this organization truly does believe that if Jesus was alive and walking today, this is the kind of neighborhood where he would be hanging out at. Because when we read the Bible and we see the kind of people that Jesus surrounded himself with, the other people, Jesus went against the grain. It's like we... (laughs) I just want to share his love and just spread it all around. All right. Just sharing the love of God. That's what I want you all to do better this year. I want to do better this year. I want to do better this year. And I think we if we can only realize that we can change so much. There is so much that we can change um, around us and in our families and in our communities and in our jobs and just so many like in the world. With love. And I pray that you all would join me in doing that. All right. Listen, I pray that you all have a fantastic Sunday, a blessed Sunday, an amazing week. I pray that you would experience the love of God. I pray that he would just do something inside of you that you've never experienced before. I pray that you would just come in this year one way and that you would be transformed in the middle of this year and that you would just leave this leave 2021 a completely different way than the way that you came in, all because you were transformed and renewed by the love of God that you experienced and that you encountered. I pray that you would take his love and just spread it all around. Again, just like I talked about, I don't know, was that November? All we need is a love, 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 all right? And I'm gonna join you with it again. I want to do better myself. So I think this is the perfect way to you know, start things off. And I know we can always talk about, oh, here's the key to have the best year yet. And you know, God is gonna bless you this year and everything you wanted to see happen. That- And that is true for many people as well. But what if we start off with love? The most important thing that the Bible speaks of, love. All right? Y'all, please be blessed. Have a fantastic day. Do not forget, connect with the ministry, www.thejalministry.com. Again, you can subscribe. You can sow into this ministry if you are led. You can read the blog. You can shop a couple of different things. I am going to be kicking back the um, the reach Bible reading plan for those who are saying, hey, like I want to read the entire Bible in a year. So I think it's still on the reach tab where you will be able to subscribe and then stay in the know. And I will make sure that you, you know, get the emails and everything knowing like where we are with the Bible reading. And yeah, so I'm getting all of those things together just a little bit late. Wasn't sure if I was going to be doing it, but let's get it. Let's start reading. That's what reach is all about. The R stands for reading the word of God. So Let's do that and uh, connect together, all right? But y'all be blessed and I'll talk to y'all later. Bye.